passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Welcome in, everybody, to the Flagship Podcast. I am Chip Brown of Horns247.com, joined by my esteemed colleague, the one and only Eric Henry of Horns247.com. And we are previewing Texas and Kansas State football um, with maybe a quick mention of some Texas basketball my man Eric Henry got to experience the Moody Center for the first time last night for Texas's what is going on first half against St. Ed's, but uh, a pull away win for the Longhorns. What do you think of the Moody Center, my man Eric Henry? Ah, uh, CB, the Moody Center, uh, a beautiful building, by the way. I mean, I love the exterior. Um, you know, of course, it replacing the uh, the Frank Irwin Center, which I actually was familiar with. I've never been inside, but I was familiar with prior to to moving here. Um, lovely building. It's it's a great size. It's not too big. And Chip, in your esteemed, you know, storied career, I'm sure one thing you can relate to is, you know, CSC people, the yellow shirts. Um, security. Oh, yeah. For, for the for the labor security for, for security. Um they can be hit or miss. They can be, you know, depending on where you go, they can be all over the place, right? So sometimes they are, they are, you know, accommodating and extremely helpful. And sometimes they're like the way they were at my previous gig when I was covering Florida National, in which there were more yellow shirts and there were fans at games sometimes. And boy, oh boy, if you wanted to bring your kid down from the uh, the top level, which of course is not that high, but if you want to bring your kid down when there's 2,000 people at the game and take them down to the behind the bench. Oh, those yellow shirts, they're not letting you because you paid for that ticket and you're going to stay by God where your uh, your seat is. But makes no sense. It makes no sense at all, Chip. Um I I I won't get sidetracked, but I once witnessed them throw out an entire 
uh, group of uh, sorority girls during COVID um, when there was no one at the game. <laughs> but nevertheless, um, my experience at the Moody Center. So trying to make my way down to the to the press room. And, you know, Chip, you can relate sometimes, you know, press rooms or press boxes aren't the easiest place to find. You've never been there before. So I'm heading wrong, you know, asking folks where they are. And, and someone, as I, as I made my way down to the, the floor level, pointed me and said, oh, just it, it's right there. And Chip, where they pointed me to was the, uh, the, the press row on the floor. So I, I, I figured that out as I was like two feet away from Bruce Bowen. Luckily, he didn't trip me. My ankles are still intact. You know, Excellent. I didn't I didn't get the old Bruce, Bruce Bowen move from the Spurs. <laughs> but, didn't get uh, he didn't get salty on you. Didn't get salty on me. So so you know my ankles are still intact. I didn't get tripped. You know I, I made it. Um, but yeah, that's that's the funny story is uh, they thought I was going to be on the uh, Longhorn Network broadcast, and uh, luckily I ran into some folks that uh, we see from the Texas media uh, uh, corps, and they pointed me in the right direction. So it was an experience, but all in all, you know I, I will I will have uh, plenty of fun. Hey, now you know. Now you know. Now so I know. Now you can provide that that top notch coverage uh, for Horns twenty four seven of Rodney Terry's basketball team, which still playing without Caden Shedrick and Dylan DeZoo. Yep, they were mighty small out there against uh, St. Ed's in that exhibition game. Well, Eric, let's get to it because this really is a championship week. Um, at least K-State is playing, looks like they're playing some championship uh, type football. They've wiped out TCU in Houston the last two weeks, I think, but they've outscored their opponent 102 to three in the last um, two games and a half. They haven't given up a touchdown in nine quarters. Somehow, some way, K-State's defense is, they lost six starters from last year and they're playing better this year than they were last year. And they've got a two quarterback system going on and it's all working seamlessly. It's like, is this, are we getting punked here or is K state really this good? Uh, Because they are, I mean, they're ahead of Texas in terms of scoring offense. They're just, behind Texas in terms of scoring defense and run defense. But this at 11 a.m. Saturday is, in my opinion, an elimination game for the Big 12 title chase. No doubt about it, CB. Uh, This one is, I think, uh, one that Texas fans have to feel a little bit nervous about coming into it, considering just how balanced um, Kansas State is. I mean, that's the thing about Chris Kleiman. You take a look at the success he's had there, rebuilding that program there in Manhattan, and it's just been fundamentally sound football, as you mentioned, Chip. When I did the offseason previews, I talked about you know losing guys like Deuce Vaughn, you know, and and, and that's of course is the headliner, but uh, several others, and and you kind of wonder, right? You know, because this isn't Alabama. This isn't you know just we we don't rebuild, we reload, right? And you kind of question yourself, are, are they going to be able to come back and do it again? And sure enough, they get uh, a Trayshawn Ward out of the portal from Florida State, right? And he's, you know, um, supplementing that run game with DJ Giddens as well. And all of a sudden, while it's certainly not last year's run game, it looks pretty solid. I mean, still, you know, amongst the tops in the Big 12, tops in the in the nation. And uh, I think, you know, you have a really interesting matchup here. Certainly a team that's not going to be intimidated to come into Austin. Now, with that being said, going back and look and, you know, Texas has had Kansas State's number for, for a little while, right? And that's certainly 
plays in their favor. But all things considered, yeah, I I, I think Chip, and as I was kind of going through in my head about this matchup, some of the things, um, if you take a look at some of Texas' previous uh, contests and, you know, kind of couple those things with some of the comments that Steve Sarkeesian has, has made to us, this needs to be a game where you cannot miss 10, 15, 20 tackles, right? Like, you, you know, that is an absolute no-no. You have to be fundamentally sound in every which way. And we'll get into some of the things that we think Texas needs to um, either A, be fundamentally sound in or B, improve in. You know, I, I hate to sound like a broken record. I know I said this last week, but, you know, our, our, our post game, but the red zone, you can't afford to have some of the misses you had last week, this week. But all things considered, um, while it's a game that I think Texas fans should be a little bit nervous about, uh, you know, and we'll get to, you know, some of our thoughts and take it or leave it, at the end of the day, I still think, regardless of the fact that Quinn Ewers is not playing under center, there's a formula and, and a path for Texas to win this ball game. But no doubt about it, Chip, this is going to be the toughest contest. This is this is the real deal. This is the Big 12. You know, I, I, and listen, Texas said every game is a Big 12 championship game, right? And and you know, to an extent, that's true. But this one just feels bigger than the rest because of all the things that you know Chris Kleiman's club has showed through eight games. Yeah. Yeah, and you mentioned the red zone offense in Texas, only 16 touchdowns in 33 attempts. And guess, and that's 48%, and that's um, among the worst in college football. Guess who's number two at converting touchdowns in the red zone? Well, that would be the Kansas State Wildcats, who have punched in 33 touchdowns in 40 trips into opponents red zone that is 82.5 percent so um texas you know has kicked a whole lot more field goals um than than k-state when they've gotten into that position and that's one of the questions that we'll talk about today how much firepower is it going to take from the texas offense um to to beat k-state can can this be a defensive battle where it's, you know, a 17-14 type game? Is Texas's defense ready for this challenge against this veteran K-State offensive line that uh, includes All Big 12, formerly All Big 12 center? Now it looks like he's lining up at guard Cooper Beebe. Or, yeah, Cooper, yeah. We got so many Connors on the offensive line at Texas that I'm afraid I'm going to butcher Cooper Beebe. Um, and it's just a, a veteran group uh, on that offensive line. To me, this is the marquee matchup of the game is Tavondre Sweat, Byron Murphy, the Texas defensive line and defensive front against that veteran offensive line from K-State. Who's going to control that line of scrimmage because if K-State controls it, I think K-State wins the game. If Texas controls it, I think Texas has a really good chance of um, having success and, you know, having the kind of day that they want to have, uh, similar maybe to what we saw against Kansas and and BYU. But um, my gut tells me this thing is going to be a fourth quarter battle in that Every player who's made plays for Texas and even some who haven't Malik Murphy, um, you know, they have to play big. Every one of them has to play big, whether it's 
Jonathan Brooks and, and, you know, Adnai Mitchell and Xavier Worthy and Jordan Whittington and JT Sanders. And um, on the defensive side, Jade Barron, we mentioned the guys up front, but Anthony Hill, uh, Mo Blackwell could play a big role in this game because of his speed and the quarterback run game that uh, K-State's going to bring in. You look at K-State, you mentioned Treshawn Ward and DJ Giddens. You look at their receivers, it's like Phillip Brooks, who's this 5'9", he's a, he's speedy, you know, he's a playmaker. You have to account for him. But they don't, you know, Ben Stinnett, their big tight end, who's a little banged up, um, is, is the guy that you really have to watch in their play-action game. Um, but after that, it's not like the receivers we saw, you know, from Houston or, or, uh, heck, you know, insert team here. Um, this is, this is, as all the defensive players said this week, Eric, this is a game about eye discipline and not getting fooled, um, because K-State's going to you know, use a lot of eye candy to get you going flowing one way and then whoop, the play's going the other way. Yeah, Chip, what did we hear from the majority of the defensive players when we spoke to them on Monday? We heard eight and 34, eight and 34, eight and 34, right? Those are the guys in the two Kansas State players you mentioned um, uh, who are really their, their, their guys in the receiving game. But yeah, Chip, you know, what really jumps out to me and I would love your thoughts on this, is this to me is a game where the guys who you can call Sark's guys, right? And of course, you know, listen, it's Steve Sarkeesian's team, not downplaying that at all, but Adonai Mitchell, A. Hill, you know, even you can even consider, you know, like a Ryan, getting a Ryan Watts out of the portal, for example, right? Like those guys that Sark identified as, these are the pieces I need. We can, uh, Malik Muhammad, right? Someone like that we recruited. Sark's guys. This is the type of game where you step up, right? I mean, there's a reason you go out and, and, and get that type of talent and you make those push with those guys and they see the type of playing time that they've seen, right? So in my mind, uh, I, I just take a look at, at this matchup. And, you know, it's funny you touched on a, um, excuse me, touched on Mo Blackwell. Last week was the first week by my um, estimation and pro football focus as well, that Anthony Hill um, played more snaps than, than David Benda, significantly more snaps than David Benda, right? And, you know, Mo Blackwell as well. It's one thing I noticed, Chip, and, you know, we all see the athleticism and just the sheer, you know, uh, how many times we heard, you know, guys say it. A. Hill might not necessarily know exactly what, you know, what he's doing, but wherever the ball is, he's moving 100%, 100 miles an hour that way, right? So you know you have that. But Mo Blackwell, um, Chip, looked really athletic, really fast. And I, and, and I was trying to assess whether that was a byproduct of just, you know, kind of how, for lack of a better word, clunky uh, at times BYU looked on offense. Um, and and I, I, I'm kind of split because, you know, when we talked with some of the guys during fall camp, they said that Mo Blackwell's a guy who has some speed to him and, and hits you, right? So that's another thing. I think from those linebackers, if you compare them with Jalen Ford and then you mix in Benda as well, and, and you talk about the guys up front, this is a T-Sweat and Byron Murphy game. You know, <laughs> clog the middle of that defensive line and let those linebackers make plays. 
it's it's that type of game in my mind where you know big time players make big time plays and big time games to quote the old santana moss line uh this is the game where sark uh you know those guys that he brought and step up and make plays and especially on the defense you know that, that's what i'm really keen in on and also you know uh this would be uh, it doesn't look like we're gonna see him at least from what we heard during the week but Another one of those guys who Sark brought in. You'd love to have a Jalen Catalan for this game because, listen, while he he may have had his struggles, you know, or at least in terms of the pro football focus grades, and I think, you know, the eye test as well and, and the secondary as far as it, uh, in coverage, you ain't got to doubt Jalen Catalan and run support, right? You'd love to have him this week. So uh, it doesn't sound like we're going to have him. I, I guess we can keep an eye on it later in the week. But, yeah, in my mind, Chip, this is where Sark's guys step up and, and make plays. Yeah, and I, I think you're right. I don't think Texas is going to have Jalen Catalan this week um, or Ethan Burke or certainly not Quinn Ewers. And Ethan Burke is a big uh, presence that will be missed because he's been good against the run. And he's, you know, that long uh, defensive end who, who just uh, has a nose for the football. Uh, but I'll tell you what, having Ryan Watts back is big because Ryan Watts is a, a big time presence. First of all, he shut down his half of the field last week. They only tested him twice, no receptions. Um, and he's just such a presence in terms of his ability to tackle and run support. He's a big six foot three dude. And he's a guy who can lower the boom too, because you've got to punish these quarterbacks from K-State when they run. You've got to get shots on them. That's easier said than done. Will Howard's a bigger guy. You can probably get some shots on him. This Avery Johnson guy, Sunshine, they call him. From Remember the Titans, he's got this crazy hair. He's a blonde, Weird Al Yankovic. Um, he's probably going to – the the blonde Troy Palomalu probably is the better description, but – this guy's so quick. He's got such good short area quickness. It's harder to get a good hit on him. And this is a game where you want Anthony Hill to get a clean shot on, you know, Avery Johnson and, and Will Howard because um, this quarterback run game is is tricky and it's working. I don't know how. Will Howard doesn't sound happy about it. You know, he he throws three interceptions in the loss to Oklahoma State in the next week. Avery Johnson gets significant playing time at Texas Tech, scores five rushing touchdowns in that game. And Will Howard has, you know, answered. He's played well, certainly against TCU and against Houston. But, you know, he's told reporters there it is what it is. So um, somehow Chris Kleiman's got this thing all uh, working and Texas needs to put doubt in someone's mind whether it's Will Howard or Avery Johnson, uh, because if K-State can run the football, um, this game is going to be a long afternoon for the, for the Texas Longhorns. And that's, you know, conversely, Jonathan Brooks. You know, I look back to last year's game, Eric Bijan Robinson had 30 carries in this game for 209 yards. He was a monster. And Quinn Ewers, uh, threw for two touchdowns. He didn't tear it up in the passing game. Uh, the defense, Jalen Ford, had an interception right before halftime, set up a short field touchdown, which was a pass from Quinn Ewers to Xavier Worthy. Quinn Ewers 
bounced back from a terrible game against Oklahoma State the previous week. I thought this was the best win uh, of the Sarkeesian era before they went to Alabama and won this season. And they're going to need a similar type game from Jonathan Brooks, I think. I mean, you look at what Oklahoma State's doing with Ollie Gordon. He just keeps running it. It's 29 carries. It's 29 carries. It's 25 carries. And suddenly Oklahoma State, who already has wins over K-State and Iowa State, is in this five-way tie. They're playing OU this week. Is Mike Gundy going to... 3-15 Three and fifteen against OU. Figure it out, thanks to Alan Bowman, the sixth-year quarterback, and Ollie Gordon. Um, but Jonathan Brooks needs to have the same kind of effect because he can do it. We know. I mean, he's got what? Uh, how many? He had how many missed tack forced missed tackles last week? It was his highest of the season. I think he's at. Uh, I don't know, 37 or 58 or something. I mean, he's he's been fantastic from that uh, standpoint. And, and, you know, look, I'm not saying he needs to do it all because C.J. Baxter looks good. So does um, Jaden Blue and Caleb Robinson, Savion Red. But Jonathan Brooks, they trust him implicitly in, um, in pass protection. Uh, and he's got what 50 forced missed tackles. And, um, you know, it's just, it's been, uh, it's been an unbelievable season for Jonathan Brooks and he needs to be big in this game. Chip, this is what I want to run by you as I'm quickly taking a look at stat broadcast here. Cause I want to make sure I have the exact numbers. I knew it was 16 last week against BYU on Saturday and how many against Houston it was quickly checking here. 20 uh, for 99. 20. Okay, 20, yeah. Um, this is a game, and I'm asking you, I want you to answer. This is a game where Jonathan Brooks has got to get 30, right? I think so. I mean, 25 to 30. Um, the reason I, I, I kind of land there, Chip, is JB showing two things consistently over the year, over the season. One, he gets stronger as the game goes on. And two, he's capable of those explosive plays, right? This doesn't have to be a tit-for-tat, grinded-out type of you know run game with Texas and Kansas State. This can be Jonathan Brooks breaking off a couple of 30-yard you know, games. And in my mind, the strategy, if Quinn Ewers were healthy, I would have said this, and I don't think it changes. I don't necessarily know that I see a Kansas State team that's equipped to play from behind. And some people will say, well, Eric, I mean, what team is? Listen, I, I, you, can, you can get into that argument. There are certain teams that are more equipped to come back from leads, come back from, from deficits, and certain teams that just don't have the juice, right? You know that their best in terms of not only um, their offensive efficiency, but play calling, right? It, it's best when it's, a one-score game tit for tat, or they're playing with the lead. And I don't see a Kansas State team, quite frankly, that's equipped to play from behind, especially with, as you talk about, Chip, you know, if they're going to go to Austin and and it's going to be Will Howard, if for whatever reason they have to turn to the pass game, I I don't see that. So to bring it back to your point with Jonathan Brooks, let's find those explosive plays, right? Eventually, if you're keen on that run, Xavier Worthy is going to get his his opportunity, right? And we've seen, you know, Malik Murphy capable of capitalizing with an Adonai Mitchell down there in the red zone. 
obviously not in the red zone, but you know, down there on, on uh, opposition's uh, territory. Right. So in my mind, Chip, uh, this has to be a game where Jonathan Brooks gets 25 minimum. And that's fine. If you want to get CJ Baxter, his six, seven, eight, you know, CJ will spell him and Jaden blues. He talked about, you know, hit a home run there against BYU. Now, of course they were, you know, and have been one of the more porous run defenses in the nation. That was towards the end of the contest, but still, you know, I understand if you want to find 10 carries for CJ and Jaden, right. But this has got to be a game where it's 25 minimum. And I, I, it's, it's interesting. You referenced the B. John Robinson game, right? You know, I, I genuinely think at home, big noon kickoff spotlight, this can be a breakout game, quote unquote. I mean, JB's had certainly you know, excellent games this year, but in terms of the national spotlight and, and playing against a premier opponent, this can be that type of contest, you know, and, and not to beat a dead horse, but another reason I say the explosive plays are key is just quite frankly, listen, Chip, Texas hasn't shown the proficiency in the red zone, right? So let's get some of those home run touchdowns, right? It's what Texas has done well this year. I'll, I'll end it on, on this. And again, you know, I won't go too deep in, in, into the, the, the red zone thing because I feel like we've kind of beaten to death here on the podcast, although I guess we can't talk about it enough if it, you're going to go two for five, right? It gives us plenty of room to talk, Chip. But uh, I want to pass it back to you on this, right? In my experience, you know, physical, no coach in football from Little League to the NFL is going to say that they don't identify as being a physical team, right? That's it's like in the DNA of football. But with that being said, you either are or you aren't a physical team. And I'm not calling out the Texas offensive line because I think it's a good group, but we heard Kelvin Banks, we heard Christian Jones talk about physicality, right? I asked Kelvin Banks, was it physicality or execution? He said, no, nah, it's, it's execution, right? You know, we, we were, we're emphasizing being physical, but it's execution. Chip, Kansas State, as you mentioned, second the nation and finishing those drives with touchdowns, they don't have to answer any questions about how physical they are. It's, right. it, the proof is there on the field, right? So for this group, we can talk about it. Steve Sarkeesian said, you know, I, 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 my teams are physical. Well, I mean, you can say that, but it's, it's got to bear out on the field, right? And Saturday is a type of game where you, it doesn't have to be in the red zone. Like I said, you can get those explosive touchdowns, but it can be a third and short. It can be a fourth and short where you establish that physicality and say, hey, you, we're not going to be pushed around. You definitely want to see that on Saturday. Yeah, and if if the problem is not physicality and it is execution, then you're you're trying to do too much or you're trying to do something that is tripping up your own players. And we saw, uh, you know, from the BYU 11, they were trying to pull a guard across to kick out the defensive end. And that pulling guard never got there. The defensive end got to Malik Murphy, hit him. He fumbled. The ball goes backwards 18 yards. BYU recovers at the 29. Um, if you're trying to do too much, then simplify it. I mean, if you feel like you have the physical horses up front, then just get Malik Murphy under center and put Tavondre Sweat and Byron Murphy behind him and push him into the end zone. I mean, if that's if that's what we're talking about here, if if we're if we're talking about execution, then make it as simple as possible, um, and you know, get rid of all the eye candy and you know precision, and just make it about tight splits. We're more physical than you. We've got a six-five quarterback. We got two six hundred pounds behind him pushing him in. 
you know, where's that? Where if it's if we're still talking about execution in week eight, game eight, then it's time to simplify and just make it about let's showcase our physicality. That's what I don't get about the Texas red zone issues. Chip, I, I want to bolster your point. Yeah, I not to cut you up. I don't want to bolster your point. It's a very subtle question you've asked several times this year to Christian Jones and, and Kelvin Banks. You ask him, hey, the offense linemen love to run block, right? Of course, you know the answer is yes. But when you hear them say that they want to get off the ball and, and it, as you said, simplify things, let them let them run block, and you know, in terms of not pulling, let them fire off the ball and go beat someone. I just just want to amplify your point there because you've asked the offensive linemen that this year, and they've all said it. Yeah, I, I just that like I don't I genuinely don't understand that part of it. And and so, you know, I look at the K-State defense and they've they've got, um, you know, they're playing well up front. Uh, Khalid Duke at defensive end, really good player. Um, uh, Use Somalo, senior, 340 pounds at defensive tackle. They play, a, you know, a three, three, five um defense and and Brendan Mott uh has been really good for them another senior but they have a freshman middle linebacker you know and I I've got to test that guy I got to test Austin Romaine number 45 I mean he got thrown in because Daniel Green their you know 6 year senior Taurus pectoral muscle in the Missouri game and they've been playing this defense with you know a freshman at middle linebacker and you know that's the quarterback of the defense in a lot of ways the mission control of the defense kudos to Chris Kleiman and this coaching staff for getting elevated play out of this defense with all the with all the losses from, you know, whether they were, you know, departing seniors last year, going on to the NFL, like Felix Anyaduke Uzoma and Julius Brents, or enduring this, this injury, the season ending injury to Daniel Green, there's their stud linebacker, but I've got to, I got to test that. And K-State has shown a weakness in its pass coverage on the on the perimeter uh their corners and so you know we know that texas has that we know that they have that in their arsenal but you don't want to rely on that you want to pound with your running game and set up that you know perimeter passing game off of play action and that's that's what i'm uh, interested to see because to me this is a line of scrimmage game this is just like the texas ou game who's going to be the more physical team because the more physical team is going to win this game um, k-state is solid enough that they're not most likely going to beat themselves now will howard did throw three interceptions at oklahoma state and that allowed oklahoma state to win the game with one offensive touchdown one they returned a pick six for a touchdown and they kicked five field goals in that game. So this is a game where, and I think Sark, Texas was up 21, six when he decided to go for it, you know, fourth, fourth and 
you know, fourth down from the BYU two. Um, he felt like the game was in hand. His defense was playing well enough against K state. You've got to take the points. You're going to, this could be a bird Auburn game. This could be a, a game where bird Auburn kicks four field goals and Texas wins it, you know, 21, 20. Um, he may have to kick a last second field goal. Um, I just get the sense that K state, uh, they're sick and tired of losing to Texas. They've lost six in a row. They have never beaten Texas under Chris Kleiman. Um, Chris Kleiman's a fiery guy. He's going to make that a big point of emphasis. And the only time you end a streak like this is when you have enough veteran players who are sick and tired of being sick and tired. And I think that's one area, one aspect of this game that cannot be overlooked because this is a veteran K-State team. I know I mentioned the freshman at middle linebacker, but for the most part, this is a veteran K-State team, veteran in the trenches. Those guys are sick of it, and they're coming for payback, and they're the they're the defending Big 12 champions. They've been there. So it's I think this is a lot for Texas to handle, and it's a lot for Malik Murphy to handle, and, and you know, Malik Murphy needs help. Unfortunately, Malik Murphy's not going to get graded on a curve. He's going to get graded on – did he do enough to win? Did he turn the ball over? Did he make enough plays? We don't care that it's your second career start because this is a team, Eric, and I think you agree, this is this is a team, Texas, with the win over Alabama, with the talent that they have, this is a team that absolutely should be in that Big 12 title game. Chip, uh, going to hit on a couple of things here. First off, and I'm going to come back to what you said there about this team going to Alabama, winning, because we know that Steve Sarkeesian made a comment about that. But I, I want to come back to you said best about Chris win Lyman. in college football. Best win in college football, right? I'm going to come back to that in a second. But um, let's, let's go to Chris Kleiman. So I'm really glad you mentioned that. Well, if I knock off more of my, my, my laptop here, I'm so excited to make this point. <laughs> uh, Chip, Chris Kleiman came from North Dakota State where they won a lot. They won several FCS national championships. Chip, how many times do you think in that guy's career has he ever lost to a team six times? Probably not at all at that level. You have to believe, as you said, Chip, that that guy is sick and tired of being sick and tired. And yes, a very fiery head coach. Again, someone who comes from that level, you know what his makeup is. You know how that guy's built. And sure, you can make the argument that last year you could have said the same thing, right? And sure, you could have. But there's something about this year's team. Again, as I said, they, they you know, you, you don't have a deuce fun, but they find ways to replace guys. I think this is the year that Kansas State, in terms of getting that respect of saying, okay, we're not just a flash in the pan. We're not fluky. We're not just dudes fun. We're not just this. We're not rebuilding or reloading year in, year out. That's a message that I expect them to really rally behind and channel as they head into Austin. Now, like you said, uh, Steve Sarkeesian mentioned that, hey, he felt his team you know, they, they have the best one in America. And quite frankly, I mean, I, I think the argument is pretty strong for that. We're, we're getting down to that time of the year, Chip, where 
Texas because they have the loss to Oklahoma and we'll see what happens in the Big 12 race. But, you know, Sark's got to send a little subtle jab, right, to to, to the media and to the 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 folks that be like, hey, you know, I, I think my team's pretty solid. I think they deserve a shot, right? You know, and that's got to get backed up on Saturday in my mind, especially considering now with the way that the Big 12 title race, as you mentioned, it's just it's kind of wide open, right? You got to – Texas has an opportunity to really reestablish – themselves as the dominant team in the big 12 yeah sure okay you lose to oklahoma and you never want to lose the red river shootout but with that being said the narrative right now isn't well you have a a one loss texas team a one loss oklahoma team but oklahoma beat texas the narrative is well yeah that's a team that went to vaunted bryant denny stadium and defeated nick saban right so all things you need to do in terms of keeping the momentum going i want to touch on a couple things in specificity to the game here one as you talked about, um, Kansas State's secondary, de- definitely susceptible to big plays. And this is no shade on Kansas State's run game as I flip it to the other side of the ball. But, Chip, uh, you know, outside of Missouri, I don't see any real, you know, world beater defenses. I mean, listen, I could go deep dive G5 football and talk about how great Troy and John Summerall's defense was last year. But, you know, quite frankly, I mean, they're supposed to perform uh, them being Kansas State, they're supposed to perform the way they did against Troy, right? And I mean, again, no disrespect to Troy, but th- they are still have one of the top run defenses in the nation, but they're playing in the Sun Belt, right? So, I mean, you know, you grade that on the curve. I, I don't see any world beater run defenses. I don't see a run defense like Texas's that they've played. Right. You know, right. Missouri, I believe, are allowing 112 or 113 yards per game. So they're up there, but I, I don't see Longhorns run defense. I, I think that's a question that has to be answered in, in terms of, this matchup and you know also again flipping it back to to the the offensive side of the ball for texas as you talked about yeah i mean this could be a bird auburn game but but i think this could also be a game again where you know hey a guy like jatavian sanders it seems like he's getting pretty healthy he had a nice grab against byu certainly one you know got nailed hung on to the football hung on flexing hitting his helmet letting you know i'm okay you know um, it's a it's, it's a game that you talk about, you know. I think there's some opportunities for Texas to exploit some some things with Kansas State. But last but not least, and and I'm going to bring it back to Steve Sarkeesian, it's a Sark game, right? You know, Sark still has questions that could be raised of him. You talked about, you know, and listen, I, I'm not going to come down too hard on Sark for the fake field goal, as he said, he's never faked a field goal in his life until, or at least his, his collegiate coaching career until that week but you have that decision right you have the fourth down decision that that doesn't go well this is a game that you can say it's an opportunity for steve sarkeesian to be flawless from start to finish and and also lay another foundation another brick on the foundation of his resume of what he's trying to accomplish as coach so just kind of want to touch on a hodgepodge of things there because i think again there are a lot of storylines in a lot of different ways you can take this ball game heading into saturday and we're just a tuesday so i'm sure we'll have some more things even come thursday we can talk about yeah, I mean, this the the other thing that really concerns me in this game is the fact that that K-State uses that three high safety look. It's really tough for young quarterbacks who haven't seen it, who haven't dealt with it. Quinn Ewers got tripped up by it last year, almost lost at home to Iowa State. Um, got tripped up by it, you know, against Oklahoma State and then came back and didn't again i think he only threw for uh in the in the Kansas State game last year i think he threw for let's see here 
Um, oh, what did I do with that? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. For, for the folks at home, Chip Brown is a man after my heart. He's got a lot of tabs open. So a lot of tabs <laughs> open. <laughs> Buying him some um, time to fish through him. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a, a huge game through the air for Quinn Ewers. Um, I'll tell you exactly what he threw for. He threw for um, 18 to 31, 197 yards passing, two touchdowns, no picks. So, you know, this was a game that that uh, Texas kept on the ground. And that's another reason for Jonathan Brooks to be the focal point. You don't want Malik Murphy having to have to read that three high safety, you know, pass defense because it's hard. It's hard. And in for a, a kid in his second start, even in a home game, that's a lot. And, and so, um, you know, I think we're going to talk about uh, some of this in take it or leave it, but that um, you just want to make this thing as easy as possible for Malik Murphy and let him make the, you know, give him the play action throws that he's most comfortable with that attack the, the perimeter of the outside of that uh, K-State defense. It's harder to attack him down the middle of the field, but um, you're right. So this is a big game for Steve Sarkeesian because Chris Kleiman um, showed last year that he could outcoach a, a team that played for the national championship in the uh, Big 12 title game. It was, you know, a game that came down to the final seconds, but Chris Kleiman walked away with the Big 12 championship trophy. And that's something Texas hasn't done since 2009. And Chris Kleiman's a guy who has a reputation for doing more with less. Steve Sarkeesian needs to be a guy who can do more with more. And he's got the team this year. I've said it over and over again. This is easily the best team Texas has had because of the experienced leadership in every position group. Um, obviously, the Quinn Ewers injury hurts, but you've got uh, a home game against BYU, a home game against K-State. Uh, you need your crowd to help carry you in this. And then you're knocking on wood and and rubbing rosary beads that maybe Quinn Ewers can be back for TCU or Iowa State. But um, uh, Quinn Ewers is not coming through that door on Saturday at 11 a.m. against K-State. And um, and so this is, this is a game where all your playmakers need to play big. And I can't wait to see it. All right, Eric, let's grab a quick break. We'll come back with Take It or Leave It. 
And if you're watching us on the Horns 24-7 YouTube channel, we will roll on. Eric, you ready for some take it or leave it? I indeed am ready for some take it or leave it, Chip. I think it's uh, your turn. I think I, I did the, the first one last week, so I will pass the baton to you, my friend. Okay. Eric, you would pick Texas to beat K-State if Quinn Ewers was starting, but now you're not as sold. Take it or leave it. This one was tough because I I have a fair amount of belief in Malik Murphy. And I, and I, I was, for the things that we talked about, Chip, on the postgame show, the turnovers, I and Steve Sarkeesian talked about this as well. Uh, you know, as post game and on Monday that, you know, the, the, the interception, the, the, the route at the top of the, you know, the play got, got cut off. Right. So, I mean, it, it was a disjointed play. And then you talked about the way the protection broke down on the strip sack. I, 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 I was impressed with what I got from Malik Murphy. And I didn't pin the turnovers on him, but with that being said, I do not want to discount Quinn yours play. Um, I, I think in my mind, Chip, we were getting right to see the best, football uh, uh being ahead of Quinn Ewers, right? So yes, um I I never full disclosure, I'm still picking Texas to win this game. But if Quinn Ewers were starting, I would be even more sold, more uh, emboldened. So I am taking a chip. What about you? Yeah. I'm gonna take this as well because as I just mentioned, the the way to get to K-State's defense is what Missouri did. Um you know, Luther Burden had, I think, seven catches for a hundred plus yards and a couple of touchdowns. Um, and Quinn Ewers, based on what we saw against Oklahoma, completing 26 of his last 28 passes, including 19 straight to bounce back from the from the three turnovers that Ewers had in that game. Um, and he's seen this three high safety look. Uh, in live action, Malik Murphy hasn't. Um, yeah, I'm going to take this. Um, I think this is going to make it much more challenging. And that's why it's going to really, you know, fall on this offensive line to make sure that there are creases for Jonathan Brooks in this Texas running game to have the same kind of performance that Bijan Robinson had against K State last year. Cause I do think this is a, 25 to 30 carry game for, for Jonathan Brooks. And even if it doesn't go well, you've got to stick with it. Cause the one thing against TCU last year is Sark gave up on the run and it didn't, you know, it, it was a one possession game. TCU wasn't making any yards on the ground either, but they stuck with it and they finally broke one and, and that's all they needed. And so you know, considering the fact that Jonathan Brooks every six carries gives you an explosive run and his explosive runs this year have averaged more than 24 yards per carry. Think about that for a second. Like how many, you know, six, he's had 67, the 61, the 54 for a touchdown. You, you got to stick with it and no matter what's going on out there. And so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to take this. Take it or leave it number two, CB. This one's on me. The biggest concern going into Saturday is Texas's ability 
to <laughs> I left out a word there, Texas ability to stop Kansas State's run game, QB run game, and rushing attack, averaging 226 yards per game and 5.6 yards per carry. Chip, take it or leave it. I'm going to take this um, because, as I said, I think the winner of the line of scrimmage in that battle between K-State's offensive line and Texas's defensive line is going to win the game. And so, it, it you know, I the, the body of work tells me that Tavondre Sweat, Byron Murphy, this Texas front seven is going to be up for the challenge and they're going to be able to limit um, the K-State rushing attack, the quarterback run game. Um, to less than the numbers you see there on the on the screen, Texas certainly needs to hold K State below uh, 226 yards rushing. Last year, uh, K State ran for 139 yards, 35 carries for 139 yards, while Texas ran 40 times for 269 yards. That's what it needs to look like again, um, and that's. So yeah, I'm going to I'm going to take this. Eric, how about you? Yeah, Chip, undoubtedly I'm I'm taking it. I mean, I, I and again, this is no disrespect to, you know, Kansas State's defense or as we talked about some of their guys on the outside. I, I that's this is the primary concern, Chip, because if Texas, excuse me, if if Kansas State has their averages for the season on Saturday, we're going to be walking through a lot of sad fans leaving Terrell K. Royal, Texas Memorial Stadium. That's that, that, that I think that's just pretty self explanatory. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, not much more than I can add on to what you said. It just the, the fact that in my mind, there's no other. I, I, I guess if I were to flip it, I would even say a concern from, from Kansas State side. My concern from Texas side would just be making sure that they don't, you know, red zone issues or don't beat themselves. Um, but in terms of Kansas State, it, Again, no disrespect to any of the other guys, but this is the concern because if the Wildcats hit those numbers, this is going to be a two-loss team. So I am taking it, Chip. All right, Eric. Texas can beat K-State if Malik Murphy throws for 170 yards and two touchdowns like he did last week against BYU. Take it or leave it. I'm taking it, as we have talked about throughout this uh, this recording. This is a game that Jonathan Brooks can have 25 plus and it can be a recipe for success for Texas. And with that, Malik doesn't have to throw for 200 yards. And this is the first week that I'm jotting him down, Chip. So we'll come back next week and see how we hit on all of these. I, I, I know for a fact we missed on one. Um, I, I, I to bring the, the viewers behind the, the curtain. I started plugging these in and I forgot to jot down the ones from last week. So I know we missed on the last one um, in terms of Malik Murphy throwing uh, his, his, his yardage. Um, but with that being said, yes, uh, there's absolutely a, a viable path for the Longhorns to win this game if Malik Murphy has those numbers. You know, two TDs, yeah, that, there, there's 14 through the air right there. Uh, and I think we can get another 14 from Jonathan Brooks. So yes, I am taking it, Chip. What about you? Yeah, I'm going to take this. Obviously, you'd love to avoid the turnovers. Um, last year in this game, uh, Texas got off to that great 31-10 start, and then you had a turnover from Xavier Worthy and from Roshan Johnson. And those two turnovers allowed K-State to work their way back into the game. And... Um, I think Texas, yeah, 
K-State outscored Texas 17-3 to in the second half of last year's game. You'd like, you know, Texas has turned it over, what, five times in the last three games? That needs to end um, because this uh, – you don't need to give K-State any short fields, any extra possessions uh, in this game. So uh, – but definitely, I think – um, Texas can beat K-State if Malik Murphy throws for 170 yards and two touchdowns like he did against BYU. Uh, but I need a heavy dose of Jonathan Brooks. This guy's been money all year. You know, Ali Gordon now leads the nation in rushing, and every week Mike Gundy keeps getting asked, are you running Ali Gordon too much? He ran him 29 times, then 29 times, then 25 times. And the guy just keeps pounding and Gundy's like, no, he gets stronger as the game goes on. Well, so does Jonathan Brooks. So you need him. You need him this week. And that uh, that offensive line needs to be able to to fire off and and help win the line of scrimmage battle in this one because it is going to be physical. There is no two ways around that. All right. Um, good stuff today. Hope everyone uh, enjoyed it. Thanks so much for listening to the flagship podcast, previewing Texas and Kansas State in what the players are calling Championship November. For Eric Henry, I am Chip Brown. Until next time, we'll see you over at Horns247.com. Stay safe and keep the faith. New CBS Monday. NCIS. Here's where we can see them. NCIS and NCIS Hawaii return with all new cases. Double tap to the chest, one to the head. These guys are professionals. All new criminals. Violent island they got here. Walk to paradise. And all new crimes to be solved. If you're watching this, I've been arrested. What are the charges? Just one. Murder. New NCIS and NCIS Hawaii. Monday starting at 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Spring training is in full swing and fantasy baseball draft season is upon us. That means you need to join us on Fantasy Baseball Today in 5, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network. Join Scott White, Chris Towers, and me, Frank Stample, every Monday through Saturday for six pods per week throughout the month of March. We'll break down the latest news, spring training updates, players to target, and much more in just five minutes. Make sure to download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and everywhere else podcasts are found.